The kids are going to go downstairs, and the story they're going to read is one that you're going to hear in a few minutes, and it's one that most of us know. It's the story of Zacchaeus. Okay, now I, you know, I came, uh, when I grew up, I heard that story in Sunday school, just like they're hearing it today, and I imagine a number of you have heard that story before, and it's very familiar to you, so I thought I would uh, see how much you know today. So who was Zacchaeus. A wee little man. Oh. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore seed, just for to see. But cast his body, looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. Carolyn is now in charge of teaching songs to children. I was channeling Louise Snow. Oh, Louise Snow. Ah, okay. So we know he was short, and we know a climbed a tree. What else do you know? He was a tax collector, and he wasn't just any tax collector. No, right. He wasn't just any tax collector. He was the chief tax collector for the city of Jericho. And here's the chief, uh, here's when the Roman, Rome, which ruled everything then, pretty much, including Israel, would contract local people to collect the taxes and tolls and fees for a given area. And so chief tax collectors were entrepreneurs who would pay that contract in advance and then hire people to go out and collect taxes for them and, and often not always but often they would add a little bit to the top to make a profit so as linda just said this did not endear them to their neighbors zacchaeus was one of those guys you love to hate okay and it didn't uh it didn't help that he was working with Gentiles, with non-Jews, because that also made him ritually unclean. So basically, Zacchaeus was about as outcast as a leper. Nobody liked him. Nobody wanted to be around him. Uh-uh, we're done. So he was small. He climbed a tree. Let's see what happens. Don, if you would read He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, I will, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, for he too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Don. 
This story begins, actually, not with Zacchaeus, but with Jesus. Jesus is on his way to the city of Jerusalem. Actually, he's pretty close to the end of that journey because Jericho is uh, very close to Jerusalem. And so he's passing through this city on his way. But though he's just planning to walk through, his reputation precedes him and a crowd gathers along the road through the city, eager to see this miracle-working rabbi. Zacchaeus, our wee little tax collector, is among them. Though we aren't told why he wants to see Jesus, it's clear that he is desperate to do so. For when his short stature prevents him from seeing anything but the backs of those in front of him, Zacchaeus doesn't give up and just go home. Instead, he runs ahead of the crowd and spotting a tree with low-hanging branches, he hauls himself up. I wonder how long it had been since he attempted that feat. So then comes the moment the whole story hinges on. When Jesus comes to that tree, he looks up and says, Zacchaeus, hurry down and come, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Again, we don't know if Jesus just happened to spot this man perched on a branch or if someone laughing pointed him out to Jesus. Look at that guy up there, Jesus. Either way, Jesus chooses to stop, to look up, and to call down the man in the tree. His call comes as a happy surprise to, Jesus, to Zacchaeus, and he is quick to clamber down to welcome him. I can imagine him just scrambling down, maybe dropping the last few feet because he's so ready to get down there. Though I think perhaps it is Zacchaeus who is welcomed by Jesus, not the other way around. The moment that that Zacchaeus climbed down from that tree, the moment that he responded to Jesus' call, he became the guest and Jesus the host. Not only did Jesus invite himself into Zacchaeus' home, but as he who received Zacchaeus, not just into that home, but into new life. And Zacchaeus was filled with joy. Now, there are people standing around watching this, Zacchaeus' neighbors, and they start to grumble. Jesus has gone to be the guest in the house of one who's a sinner. It's interesting to me that their complaint focuses on Jesus, not on Zacchaeus. To be sure, Jesus committed something of a faux pas by inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house instead of the other way around, and perhaps some of them were jealous of the honor bestowed upon Zacchaeus. But the deeper issue, the issue that has dogged Jesus all the way through his ministry, is that Jesus has once again chosen to share the intimacy of table fellowship with someone who is, in their eyes, a sinner. Once again, he risks the scorn of others to take his place among those who are on the margins. Now, if I were Zacchaeus and heard all that grumbling, I would be rushing Jesus into the house and just shutting the door behind me and shutting it all out. But Zacchaeus doesn't do that. Instead, the scripture tells us he stood there, stood his ground next to Jesus, 
and responded to those who were quick to judge him with these words, Lord, half of my possessions I give, will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Essentially, what Zacchaeus is doing here is impoverishing himself. He will give half of his possessions away, and he will pay back probably the many people whom he has defrauded. That's the traditional interpretation of this response, that it's a description of his future behavior, that Jesus' acceptance of Zacchaeus moves him to a most generous act of repentance, and indeed, true repentance is always lived out in changed behavior. But there's also another possibility. As David Loos points out in his commentary on this passage, Zacchaeus neither confesses his sin nor verbally repents, nor does Jesus commend his repentance. Furthermore, the verbs, the Greek verbs in, Jesus, in Zacchaeus' statement are in the present, not the future tense. It is possible then that Zacchaeus is describing what he currently does rather than what he will do in the future. Lord, half of my possessions I give to the poor, and if I defraud anyone of anything, I pay back four times as much. Los writes, Further, Zacchaeus does not offer his financial disclosure in response to anything Jesus has said. Rather, it falls on the heels of the grumbling of the crowd. Perhaps it is a response to Jesus' presence, but perhaps it is his bewilderment at the crowd's complaint or a defense of his reputation. In either case, I suspect that Zacchaeus is not turning over a new leaf as much as he is lifting up an old one for all to see. Whichever interpretation makes sense to you, and I could go with either, what strikes me here is that what happened to Zacchaeus affected not only his life, but the life of the entire community. While we are not told how the crowd reacted to Zacchaeus' words, I would imagine that they were taken by surprise. Instead of a sinner who had betrayed his people and drained them of his resources, Zacchaeus stood before them as an example of gratitude and generosity, a source of blessing in the midst of their community. And Jesus, Jesus proclaims in response to Zacchaeus' words, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. Today, Jesus says, Zacchaeus is no longer to be named outcast. Today, his identity as a faithful Jew has been affirmed and he has been restored to his community. Today, he has been given new life and made whole and out of that wholeness, he is a blessing to others. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but it was Jesus who saw him not as a despicable little tax collector looking ridiculous up in that tree, but as a beloved child of God. And Zacchaeus was saved, saved from sin, from sin and a life of greed and self-centeredness, loneliness and resentment and saved for a life of generosity, gratitude, compassion, and joy. He was lost, 
And then Jesus found him. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. And he still does. He still does. The good news of Zacchaeus' story is that our salvation does not depend upon us. It begins with Jesus, who walks into our midst, seeks us out, and finds us where we are, whether it is up in a tree or in the grocery store in the office or sitting right here in the pews of the church. Jesus seeks and sees us, not as we see ourselves, but as we have been created to be. He seeks and sees us and claims us as the beloved sons and daughters of God. He seeks and sees us and offers us new life and wholeness, enabling us to bless others with whatever gifts we have to share. He seeks and sees us, and even though we may not have realized that we are lost, we are now found. He seeks and sees us and calls for us to come down and to seek out others, seeing them for who they are. Because here's the thing. The radical love that Jesus offers is not just for those of us who show up in church and try to do the right thing. It is also for those who are perched in the trees of our lives, the ones that we see as ridiculous, the ones we have written off and consigned the margins, the ones we have come to hate, that we love to hate. He seeks them and sees them and calls us to open our eyes and our hearts so that we too might see them as God's beloved children who just might surprise us with the gifts that they have to share and who perhaps might simply need someone to look up at them in their trees and call them down welcome them into our lives, and point them to the one who gives us all new life and hope and joy. The Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. Glory be and thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>